Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. with Caelan in the courtyard, appearing to relax back on the bench where, in reality, he was keeping an eye on everyone milling around them or sitting eating their lunches. Not that anyone would be able to tell, he was wearing dark tinted glasses, obscuring exactly where he was looking at any given time. Add to that that Caelan had disguised him as a slightly shorter, dark-skinned human man, and he shouldn't be suspected as being Linchasso unless someone was specifically looking for him. Even then, Caelan had assured it was very, very hard to see through his disguise spell. He trusted the half-elf implicitly, of course, but it still sent a jolt of fear up his spine every time someone looked at him for too long. He, uh, specialises in defence magic. Lynn drawled, trying to look to anyone else in the area that they were having a boring business conversation. They were in the middle of the business district, after all. So you'll have to get through that first. My advice is to sneak up and stun him, force him to drop his defences, and then kill him after they've fallen. Caelan nodded, his appearance only a little jarring as a very pale-skinned wood elf. As long as Lynn didn't look him in the face for too long, he could deal with the change. It was still the same Caelan underneath, after all. Any weaknesses that you know of? Caelan asked, and Lynn could tell he was surveying the area just as much as Lynn was. He wondered what exactly he was looking for, and how much it differed from what Lynn was looking for. He's a, let's say, traditional wizard. So he isn't the most physically capable, nor does he have the best resistance to poisons. Try and damage his body, not his mind, Lynn replied, carefully eyeing two elves as they walked past, rather too close for comfort. Other than that, I couldn't tell you. He's lactose intolerant, if that helps. He heard Caelan laugh a little at that before stifling it. He was supposed to be a professional businessman. Laughing at jokes wasn't supposed to be in his wheelhouse. Lynn did have to admit, though, that Caelan was doing an amazing job at keeping up with his new persona. So, I'm going to slowly kill him by slipping him cheese in his meals. Sounds like a plan. Caelan responded, keeping that same deadpan voice that would be important if someone was listening in. I'm really not sure what else to tell you, Lynn replied, resisting the urge to reach over and squeeze Caelan's thigh. They were business partners, not lovers. You're the expert here. I have no idea what I'm doing. He felt Caelan sigh next to him, and again the urge to shuffle closer to him was almost impossible to resist. The only thing that stopped him was when he spotted someone out of the corner of his eye. 
Arbeladon Chasso made his way out of the building of his office, stepping out into the courtyard where Lynn and Caelan were sat. He was dressed in the same traditional robes that Lynn was used to seeing him in, the golden fabric billowing out around his legs as he walked. His dark hair had been pulled back into complex braids, but they still found most of the way down his back. Lynn just knew that they had been meticulously crafted by one of his many servants that morning. Lynn's heart almost stopped when his uncle looked directly over at him, red eyes matching his and seeming to look straight through his disguise. One eyebrow raised, and Lynn knew that what he did now could be his undoing. He simply dropped his chin a little, instinctively dropping his ears even though they couldn't be seen. It was an act of submission, and one Lynn would not usually be seen dead making to his uncle. Despite his age, he was still technically of a higher social standing than the man in front of him. But as anyone else, and especially as a human, he would have been required to admit he was less important than the elf in front of him. This seemed to please Arbeladon, the man simply turning away and heading along his usual route. Lynn tried hard not to visibly sigh in relief, staying with his back straight as he looked at Caelan out of the corner of his eye. That him? Caelan asked as soon as he was out of hearing range, and Lynn nodded as he watched Arbeladon walk across the courtyard and towards one of the streams that ran through the centre of the city. That is my uncle, yes. He'll have gone to a quiet place on the river in order to fish. Follow the river down and you should find him somewhere away from prying eyes, Lynn responded, looking back over at Caelan and trying to judge what he was feeling. Was he as nervous as Lynn was? Does his heart beat as fast? <laughs> the half-elf simply nodded, taking a breath before moving to stand. Lynn stopped him quickly, grabbing his wrist without thinking and taking a moment to check no one else had been looking at them. As soon as he figured out that he was in the clear, he opened his jacket and pulled out his dagger, handing it slowly to Caelan. He saw the half-elf's eyes widen, looking between Lynn and the dagger slowly before taking the handle. Are you sure? He asked, and Lynn just nodded in return. It may not protect you the same way it protects me, but it's a good dagger. Plus, the spell makes it never miss its target if it's to protect me, and, you know, killing our Belladon will protect me in a roundabout way. I don't know if the magic will work like that, but it doesn't hurt, right? Kaelin took another deep breath before taking the handle and swapping out one of the daggers in his belt. He handed a plain dagger back to Lynn, making sure to pass in the handle carefully. This may not be enchanted like yours, but it will still be better than nothing if something goes down. Stay here. I'll come back as soon as I'm finished and we'll head home. If I'm not back in 30 minutes, head back home before the magic wears off and I will meet you there. Lynn nodded, secretly hoping that Caelan didn't take longer than half an hour. He hated the way his heart was elevated in fear and... He didn't even want to think about what would happen if Caelan failed, or worse, got hurt because of him. He watched Caelan's back, contemplating a prayer for the first time in nearly a hundred years. 
The only thing that stopped him was the certainty that there wasn't even a god who wanted to listen. The wait for Kalen to return was heart-wrenching, and one of the longest waits of his life. Lin knew this courtyard, he had been visiting it since before he could remember, but it all took on a menacing air today. Every person walking across was someone who knew who he was, or knew what was going on somehow. Every time someone looked at him his heart almost stopped, preparing for them to walk over and confront him on the crime that was currently in motion. In the end, Kalen didn't end up taking anywhere near the 30-minute time limit he had given him, and Lynn would be eternally grateful for it. The half-elf came to sit next to him within 10 minutes, reclining next to him as if nothing had happened in between times. It's done. I even made it look like an accident. Poor man, drowned in the river after falling in and hitting his head. What a way to go, he said calmly as if he was just telling Lynn about a small change in the weather. Lynn looked over to him before nodding and moving to stand. To anyone else, their lunch breaks had simply finished and they were heading back into work. The blessing of doing this in the middle of the day. Within seconds, Kalen was beside him, walking along at a casual pace. That was essential here, not giving anyone a reason to know who they were not giving anyone a reason to remember them. They carried on like that, talking about fake business talk. Well, Lynn spoke about fake business talk. He knew exactly what to say and how to say it, and Kaelin just nodded along. That was all they needed to blend in around here. As soon as they were far enough away to not raise suspicion, Kaelin ducked into an alleyway and Lynn followed afterwards. The elf looked around, knowing without bragging that he would be more likely to spot something going wrong than Kalen was. When he was certain that they were safe, he turned back to Kalen, a smile breaking across his face as he leant forward in excitement. We did it! We really did it! We got away with it! He exclaimed, still keeping his voice quiet before pulling Kalen into an excited kiss. Kaelin kissed him back, which Lynn appreciated more than he could put into words. He stumbled back from the force of the half-elf falling into him, leaning up against the dirty brick wall for support. He kept Kaelin pressed to him with all of his strength, though, the adrenaline coursing through him making it so he couldn't think of doing anything else. It was a long moment before Kaelin pulled away, looking up at Lynn with a smirk. You good? Anyone would think you had a thing for this or something, he joked, and Lynn could feel his face heating up with the blush that covered it. It's... we should celebrate, right? He responded with a giggle, still keeping his hands on Kalen's hips as he looked down at him. We just killed... we just got rid of the guy trying to kill me, that's... that's amazing. Worth a celebration, we should get food, good drinks, go home and... and celebrate. Kaelin chuckled at that, holding back onto Lynn's waist in return, reaching up onto his tiptoes to peck Lynn's lips one more time before settling back down on the floor. Well then, we had better go shopping then, hadn't we? Lynn had, maybe, gone a little over the top. 
He was dashing about the kitchen, preparing a full traditional elvish meal. Seven smaller courses, each with a variety of ingredients, and it was a difficult undertaking. He would never complain, though. He liked how it tested him, tested his multitasking, all of his skills pushed to the limits. Usually, you'd have servants making this meal, each person their own cog in a well-oiled machine, and the fact he could do this himself was a point of pride for him. The fact that Caelan was sat in the kitchen keeping him company was just the icing on top of the cake. The half-elf was drinking a non-alcoholic cocktail, after informing Lynn that he was completely teetotal for the first time since they had met. Lynn had wondered, but knowing for sure was always useful. Lynn himself never tended to drink, he never cared for the feeling of being drunk or the taste of alcohol that got him there. He was talking about everything and nothing, asking about the ingredients and the recipes, and Lynn was happy to answer him. Finally, Lynn sat down with their food, still on his smaller kitchen table, and served the first course, a selection of alvish dumplings with a dipping sauce, and they both started to eat. The rest of the meal was yet to come, but for now it was fine cooking away. You know, it hurts to say this when we're supposed to be celebrating, but I am probably going to be a little busy over the next few days. Our Belladon didn't have any schools under his power, but he had businesses. Most of them will go to his son, but I will still have to be around for the funeral and as an impartial witness to a lot of the business affairs, he explained, picking up a dumpling and popping it into his mouth hole. Caelan nodded as he dipped one of the dumplings into the less spicy sauce, holding it in his hand as he replied. You're a relative that doesn't get anything in the will, and they think you're going to be impartial. Lynn shrugged, swallowing the dumpling and sitting back. He had noticed that Caelan wasn't eating any of the spicier sauce, and decided he was only going to eat that for the rest of this meal. After that, well, he just won't make it again. I was never going to get anything, though. That's how the Chassos have always worked. The oldest son gets everything. No one else even gets a look in. Hence why I got all of my father's belongings and my uncle got none. It... It causes some issues, as you can obviously tell. We wouldn't be in this mess otherwise. Caelan nodded, sitting himself back and taking another sip from his drink. I find that happens when people die. No matter what the tradition. People fight for the money left behind. Believe me, this guy was not the first person I've killed over an inheritance dispute. Lynn nodded, sighing as he ate the last dumpling and stood up to do the washing up. I wish I could say it was the first time I saw a death over inheritance, but that would be a lie too. People do strange things when money is involved. Things they would never do otherwise. I guess it's as inevitable as death itself. Usually, Lynn would stay in bed with Caelan for the whole night. Usually. But tonight? Tonight was different. Tonight, he had important business to do. He rolled out of bed, standing straight on the floor and immediately starting to stretch to work out his tired muscles. 
The death of Arbeladon had been a long time coming. Lynn could have been patient, could have waited longer, but the idiot was deciding to place a bounty on him simply forced his hand. Sure, the businesses weren't his immediately, but he was a step closer. Only one more man stood between him and earning the rest of the remaining schools in the university. Balan Chasse, Arbeladon's son, was the man who was causing him all of his problems right now. With his father gone, he was the last remaining person on the continent, possibly even the world, who also bore the Chasso name. He was a loose end in more ways than one. Lynn walked through the bathroom, starting up the shower to an almost burning temperature and stepping into it. It was almost a cliché that showers helped people think, but Lynn found that it really did help him out. The feel of the water beating onto his skin, the sound of it blocking out everything else. In here, Lynn was alone. He was just Lynn. No hiding, no charades, just him and his mind. In here, he could really work things out. In retrospect, hiring Kalen had been the best decision he had ever made. He would be the first to admit that he really wasn't thinking with his brain when he made that decision, but it had paid out for him in the end. The first time he hadn't fully thought something through, and it had still worked out just fine. Not only was the half-elf good company, and someone that he could feel himself rapidly falling in love with, but he was skilled at combat too. It had become apparent the first time he had seen him fight back in the camp on the way to Winterdrift, but now he was really seeing the extent of his skills. He had beaten Bix, and the speed at which he had moved had shocked Lin to the core. Even with how concentrated he was on recording everything, he struggled to spot Kalen making his way across the room. It was so fast, it was almost as if he teleported over. Lin knew, academically, that Bix had been holding back. They had never really been a fighter if they didn't have to be, and this was no exception. But even with that, Kaelin had taken them down so much faster than Lynn ever could have anticipated. And then came the icing on the top of the cake. Kaelin was easy to convince to kill people for him. He had killed Arbeladon without question. All he needed to know was about the bounty on his head. And while that story was true, it was a little bit of a stretch of the truth. But that didn't matter. Knowing what Lynn knew about Kaelin, he knew it wouldn't be difficult to spin him a similar tale about Balin. After all, wouldn't a man who was so close to inheriting all of the universities in the city be just a little tempted to assassinate anyone who stood in his way? Lynn couldn't help but laugh at that. Of course they would be tempted. Lynn was doing exactly that right now. He finally stepped out of the shower, ensuring that he wrapped a towel tightly around his waist and another tightly around his hair. He had always been of the opinion that looking good and looking put together was of the utmost importance to working at your peak capacity. Even if he wasn't going to be seen doing his work tonight, it was still important that he looked the part. He couldn't help but pause as he looked in the mirror. 
After all that had happened, he still looked the same. He hadn't aged a day. No matter what was changing in his head, it would never show on his face. It was the same face as it was before he became a murderer. The same red eyes as his father, the same full lips as his mother, the same hard jawline that he had always told made him handsome. He couldn't help but begin to laugh. It had been a plan many years in the making, but finally, finally it was all coming together.